All right, guys, here we go. Nord East podcast. We have an amazing episode ahead of us. Vikings making a huge trade, trying to stay contenders in the NFL. We're going to talk about the Premier League and all the players that are going to be moving around. Some huge names, including Lionel Messi, could be headed that way. We're going to talk about the Twins falling apart and uh, the NBA. They're they're uh, they're currently making some huge noise uh, in the world of uh, social change and social justice. Here we go. Nord East podcast. And here we go, Nordy's Podcast. I'm Eric. I'm here with Ryan. Ryan, how are you doing today? Doing good, man. How are you? You know. Or doing well. I'm doing great. It's really fun uh, doing this podcast. It sucks that our guy Jim's still gone um, out with uh, back surgery. Ooh. I feel like he's on the the uh, the IR. But he's on the IR with the designation that he can return at some point. It's not the pup list. Yeah. But he's... He's down for the count at least for a week or two. Yep, he's short-term out, but he's going to be back. We've uh, been able to call up nobody, so we're playing down a man. It's like we have a red card right now. Yeah. Uh, But we're ready to put on a show for you guys, the listeners. So, again, if you listen to our show earlier in the week, um, hit up Jim on our our, uh, Instagram. Wish him well. He had back surgery. He's uh, recovering well. He seems a lot happier um, post-back surgery. Well, I don't know how you, I mean, I don't know how he wouldn't be happier because he was so miserable the the last week that we recorded with him. So I think anything is an improvement um, from his perspective. So yeah, uh, send him some funny like dad jokes, you know, send him yeah. some great, he loves memes, send loves him some great memes. memes. Yeah. So uh, hit him up, cheer him up, let him know that you're thinking about him because we all are and we're hoping for the best for him. Yeah, wish him well. So um, we have a great episode ahead of us here, a great sports cast, lots to talk about. Um, But before we do that, we need you guys to give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram only at this point uh, at Nordeast Podcast. Also, uh, you know, Spotify, uh, podcast app, Podbean, get the Nordeast Podcast directly to your phone each and every week. What do they say on, on uh, YouTube always? Hammer that follow. <laughs> the like button. <laughs> Hammer that like. <laughs> yeah, please do that. Get the Nordies podcast each and every week to your phone or your device and help spread the word, please. Uh, tell people about the Nordies podcast. And uh, here we go. We got a huge sports cast ahead of you guys. Before we jump into that, we're back at Dangerous Man. We're drinking uh, Dangerous Man's Grapefruit Idaho 7 IPA. I really like this beer. It's super interesting. It's it's not like a beer I've ever tasted before. I was expecting like the Ballast Point grapefruit sculpin kind of beer. Uh, but it's just like it's kind of like a combination of a sour and an IPA. That the the Idaho seven must be the hops that we're, we're be, having yeah. in it. And wow, they're really funky. Funky. Yeah, it's got like a and almost like a little Saison to it. In a way, it's a, it's a great combo. I really like it. And I was actually at Dangerous Man today picking these out. I didn't know what we were going to drink. I knew I wanted the one from the last one. That was uh, the peanut butter s'more porter. Boy, they, oh, I just realized they missed a real opportunity. They could have called it like the peanut butter smorter. Ooh, they fucked up. Screwed it up. Um, but uh, I asked them what to get, and they told me that this was their favorite beer on tap. So get into Dangerous Man. It's a great pick. That crawler shop is awesome. And uh, try the uh, Grapefruit Idaho 7 IPA. All right. Here we go. We're hopping right into the sports today. 
We're going to start with a story that I don't even want to talk about because I'm too salty to talk about it. That's the Minnesota Twins and their trash week where they, uh, I think they lost two of three to uh, the Brewers. Then they lost two of three to Cleveland. Then they lost three of three to the lowly Detroit Tigers. The Ron Gardenhire managed Detroit Tigers. This team is in like free fall. They have multiple guys on the injured list right now. Um, If the Yankees weren't doing the exact same thing, I'd be feeling even worse. Um, I don't know. Like my uh, baseball is a sport that I'm the most Fairweather fan for. And you're out now. No, I'm not out, but I'm like, I'm like, I'm not going to watch them until they start winning again. Like they have to prove it to me every time. Um, You know, the Vikings could be like the worst team in the NFL and I would watch every second of it. The twins got to earn your love. You know, like Arsenal, like Arsenal. I love them so much that like they, when they're good, I will rub it in everyone's face how good they are. And when they're bad, I will rub it in everyone's face how upset I am. You know, like I just love the ups and downs of the teams I truly love. The Twins, I'm such a Fairweather fan. Like when they're struggling, I'm like, I'm boycotting them. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm currently on Twins boycott mode right now. All right, fair. And I'm not happy about it. Well, that's good, though, because that means you you don't want to be on boycott mode. No, no, no. I I am actually very excited when the Twins are good. Yeah, I, I truly am. I, I like them a lot, but I it's like um it's like I know it's unhealthy for me when they're bad, and I just like avoid the whole situation. Yeah, um, they aren't hitting the ball well, other than Nelson Cruz, and I believe he is the oldest person at this point of the season to be tied for or leading the league in home runs. Uh, steroids help a lot. <laughs> he's he's a, like a dark horse uh, MVP candidate if the twins get red hot at some point which seems far-fetched at, at this point in time but if they do um, he's like a dark horse MVP guy in his 40s he's absolutely mashing the ball and it just would be great if a couple guys could be on base when he did it, when he did it anybody I mean we're, we're when Jake Caves getting regular minutes in center field that's a problem I think the big problem too is like um, you were relying on current team ace Randy Dobnik, who through his first 30 innings was like unhittable. And now he was the, the stopper. few innings has been terrible. Oh, weird how the scouting report gets out. And um, they Barrios realize- is obnoxious to me at this point in time. I really thought that he had ace potential. And now it looks like he's like a number three at best. He's the best first four inning pitcher we have. Um, and then beyond that, he's bad. And then Taylor Rogers, I mean, he's like unpitchable at this point in time. Like I, we can't even have him out there. He's so he's such a liability. Um, I don't know. I, I really hope this team figures it out. I know they will make the playoffs for sure, um, which is nice considering there are 16 teams making the playoffs this year. But I thought they were truly a World Series contender, and now I'm thinking that they're just like a. Hopefully they get to the final four teams. Well, I think I think when we're healthy, I think with like a healthy Buxton, a healthy Donaldson, um, a healthy Odorizzi, I think it's a little bit different of a lineup. So like when we're we're kind of patchworking some of these lineups in day to day, and we have to have like bullpen games because we don't have enough starters, it makes it for a little bit different a season. There wasn't a lot of spring training. I'm making excuses, right? But but some of these are legitimate reasons why things are going a little bit awry at the moment. I know we complain a lot about like how wimpy baseball players are. And maybe if we were playing baseball, we'd feel the same way, but it's just, it's crazy for me to watch Russell Westbrook playing the NBA playoffs with like a, a seriously pulled quad muscle, you know, like it kept him out of multiple games. He came back early to play, even though he's, he's very limited at this point in time. And then you see 
Jake Odorizzi, who has to play one of every five games. He gets hit with a line drive. He has a bruise on his chest that he described um, as looking like he got kicked by a horse. And he's going to miss multiple starts with a bruised chest? I mean, dude, uh, have you ever taken a baseball off your chest? I don't think you can say, like, I'm able to go seven innings when it hurts to breathe. I think, I it's, mean, a, I think it's a little bit different, like, than a, than a leg injury versus a chest injury. I think I, I, I get what you're saying, though. Like, the toughness level may not be – like, <laughs> if he was a hockey player – Oh, and I'm, was like, I have a bruised chest. They'd be like, what are you doing? Get, put if your he was skates a ho- on. If he was a hockey player, he would miss zero shifts. Maybe one <laughs> shift while they did an x-ray yeah. to make sure his heart hadn't exploded. But yeah. then other than that, they'd, he'd be right back out there. He'd be right back out there. Like I say, my favorite hockey example, I've said it on the show. We've, we're past 400 episodes now, so you guys have heard this story eight times. But my favorite is... The 76 Stitches guy? The guy who... who um, Martin St. Louis, who took <laughs> in the in Game Seven of the Stanley Cup, took a slap shot to the mouth, lost most of his teeth, and missed like six minutes of the game. While they went back and yanked out the rest of them, while they pulled the rest of the teeth out of his mouth without Novocaine, and then just stuffed his mouth with gauze. I, I have my, my other one is. Um... <laughs> Brian something or other from the Boston Bruins who in game six had a punctured lung <laughs> and then went and they gave him like the, they did the chest tube, you know, where they like reinflated it or whatever. Yep. And the game seven was the next night and he played the entire game with, I a, love, with a punctured lung. That I, if I had a punctured lung, I, Eric, I wouldn't even get out of bed for a week. I love the NHL stories because you had, um, you know, when Charlie Coyle used to play for the Wild, I went to a playoff game and he missed like numerous opportunities for goals in a playoff game. When he was playing with like two separated shoulders. And he had yeah. two separated <laughs> shoulders he was playing with. I mean, it would be as like a, as a centerman it in the would NHL. Be unbearable to play. With the pain, and he played the entire series, didn't miss a shift. If you had two separated shoulders, and I was like, Eric, I want you to do 10 bicep curls with 20-pound weights, you'd be like, I can't. If you were and he like, played in an NHL playoff game. If you were like, Eric, I want you to feed yourself, <laughs> I'd be like, I can't. I'm going to need to hire pasta? someone yeah. for me to do this every day because I am so injured. You know, so, yeah, I, I think that's the problem with Major League Baseball. It's just so hard. I know it's a, a, a game of skill and specific motions, mm-hmm. and so maybe that's really difficult for some of these guys, but it just sucks when your team's kind of in free fall, you're supposed to be a contender, and all of your guys are out for this, you know, this and this and this reason. I had more fun talking about the NHL injuries than I did talking about the Twins, so let's move on. I think we got really into the NHL injuries because it sucks so bad to talk about the Twins. Yeah, right I now. agree. I think we it was a nice distraction for us. All right, so uh, next... Next up, the Big Ten might be back for football. Big Ten football, yeah. Um, so Big Ten football, they thought they were more powerful than they are politically. They thought if they canceled and the Pac-10 canceled that the Big 12, that the SEC, that the ACC would the all other conferences would follow. follow. Yep. Those people were like, we don't care about COVID. It's fake. Our entire economy is based on college football. We've paid kids to come down here and literally every business is based on SEC football. Um, it's crazy that so many of those businesses, though, can survive for a year based on six home games. Yeah. It's kind of insane. It is insane. So those those teams were like, absolutely not. Um, our schools are absolutely getting destroyed by COVID um, after like a week of like parties. 
Um, but they're going to still have a season. It seems like a disaster to me. If you think COVID is fake, you're a fucking loser. And, um, yeah, uh, Big Ten is feeling the pressure. They're planning on coming back sometime around um, Thanksgiving. Well, yeah, sometime like right around Thanksgiving. And I think um, even some of the Big Ten players, who was the who's the guy from Ohio um, State? I wish I could think of it right now. It'd be way cooler. I want to say Jalen Ramsey, but that's no, not right. No. But it's, it's something like the that. The quarterback. Yep, yep. Um, yeah, I can't think of his name. He was on uh, QB1. Yep. Um, I think... You know them putting a little bit of pressure, and then the other conferences not folding like the Big Ten did early, um, makes it kind of interesting. So Eric's right; they're it's going to be a disaster. Like, are they going to do fans? Are we doing no fans? Justin like, Fields, Fields, yeah, yeah. Um, he he I, had, I had the J, yeah, yeah, yeah. Justin Fields, and then in the in the ACC, you had um, oh, this would have been so fucking cool if I just remembered his name. What's the Clemson kid with the long hair? Taylor, dude, do we have a sports cast wow. or are we fucking losers? Long-haired kid. I thought it's Taylor something, right? Can't remember his name, but anyway, um, wow. I mean, you want Trevor to- Lawrence? Trevor Lawrence. Damn it! <laughs> yeah, we're guys. We're 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 failing you guys right Not now. Not only that, we're better than this. We're better than this. So you're, you, you're- you, we went in a different direction. I wasn't prepared mentally for this. No, it's we just weren't. bad. Yeah, so these top quarterbacks, uh, Fields and Lawrence, they both came out as like the the guys battling to have this season, and and I fully understand it. I mean, with both of them with having aspirations of being the number one pick in the draft, winning a Heisman, it's just such a damaging time for them to miss a season. Well, Lawrence was going to be a junior, right? Yeah, and so so he's going to be draft eligible. He's the projected number one pick in the draft. Fields, you know, somewhere between two and five. These guys are duking it out for national titles and Heisman. You know, I, I can see why someone who's at their age and has their potential um, would be willing to make the risk of, of doing this. It's a huge financial like windfall for them now, if now, they play the season. They could easily do a season in college football. They could easily have a college football season if they would admit that these kids are not just athletes, that they are... They won't do it. That they are professional. They're semi-professional athletes. So what they could do is they could cancel school. They could keep college football by paying these kids as semi-pro athletes. And then they could have them go into a bubble. And they could keep them safe. It would be really simple. But the colleges are not going they to won't do this. They won't no. do it. They won't do it. They're, they would rather not have a season or have a season canceled than have to admit that these are professional athletes. These well, are adults. There, there's a, a really good meme that's been circulating that's, I think I think Jimbo even posted it too, which was all these universities saying, we can't survive the year without having college football. Can they just admit that they're like college football institutions with school as a side hustle. Yes. And that's dead on. And, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. If they just did that, it would be so much easier because they could pay these kids to go there. And and here's the thing. For all of you people at home who are like, oh, they get to, they get free meals and free housing and some of them get free education. It's all over They inflated. are being paid. Okay. Did you think of your, yourself as an adult, as a 20-year-old, as a 21-year-old? Did you want the law to see you as an adult? Would you have been fine working your job that you had as a 21-year-old? For free. For free because, hell, you're going to college. You yeah. don't need to be paid. You're still a kid. It's just like we only think of athletes in that way well, when think, it comes think, to Think about something. it. Like, Let's say you worked at the Taco Bell in the food court, like of like a main area, and they'd be like, 
No, you're getting an education, so you can work these hours for you're free. You're gonna work Taco Bell for free, and then we'll we'll give you some you. money towards your education. But you're gonna work here for forty hours a week for free. And you'd be like, no, I don't want to do that. I want a paycheck. Nobody would fucking do that. These kids are literally working a job. They're semi-professional athletes, and they are also getting going to school. Which, by the way, per NCAA rules, you're also not allowed to have a job. It's absurd. So you can't because. They're trying to like do this whole like education and sports balance, which I played college football. Uh, it's a lot of hours. It is a and I went to it like I didn't go to Ohio State or you know what I mean or or Iowa or Minnesota or Alabama. I can't even like I went to Western Illinois and it was is that a, where Tony Romo went? No, he, he went to Eastern. Eastern. He went to Eastern. Illinois. But like I can't imagine. How many hours, like of a major, divi- a major yes. Division One program, you have to spend playing, practicing, lifting, etc. Because it was like I finished class at two o'clock. I was in the weight room at two thirty till five thirty, and then I had study hall from six thirty to eight. Just because, and it wasn't like it wasn't like mandatory, but it was like if you want to show coach you're you know serious about your studies, and then eight o'clock bedtime, you know. And then, like, in the off-season, like, there's 5 a.m. conditioning practice and shit like that and spring football. Like, it's a real fucking job. Like, it's a lot of extra hours yeah. that you have to put in. So, for the NCAA to pretend, like, well, they only do football a little bit is bullshit. Yeah. I, mean, I guarantee they spend more time how practicing. How exciting would it, a Big Ten bubble be? So exciting. <laughs> it would be incredible. Like, especially because, like, so let's speak selfishly, Eric. From the Golden Gophers perspective... This was a year to kind of maybe make a leap, right? It was. And, and to, to be in contention, the schedule was favorable. Very. Um, the, the re-release schedule was not. No, the re-release but, schedule was like, you play all of your hardest games in the first four we're weeks. We're going to go 0-4 and then run the table the rest yeah. of the way. Like it, it, so, But like the original schedule was like pretty favorable. Um, I think we would have had a lot of success. We were building on a big bowl win against Auburn. Auburn. Um, all of that stuff was like leading to like the Gophers having like maybe uh, – 11 and one type season or 10 and two like competing with wisconsin and iowa to go to that big 10 exactly. championship game to lose to ohio state for sure and 100%. i would have been so fucking 100 give me that game all day <laughs> and people are like you'll lose 70 to nothing and i was like i fine. don't care we're going to the rose I wouldn't bowl anyway even be sad but we're going to the rose bowl anyway wouldn't <laughs> even be sad as that happened i would be going into that game saying if we lost by less than 20 points i'd consider it a victory i'd be like if we just get there if the bus shows up and the guys take the field, we win. <laughs> yeah, it's a victory. And we'll see you in Pasadena. <laughs> but anyway, um, I, I guess I'm like lukewarm on this happening. It's all going to be reactionary and not planned out well. They had all this time to figure this out. They fucked it up. They're like baseball. It sucks. Uh, I don't think a Thanksgiving start does anybody any good. Um, I think all of your top players at that point are 100% going to opt out. Um and they are, they are. I'm. It's we, already we started. Bateman. We lost Bateman already. Um, Jamar Chase, the superstar receiver. A lot of people think he's the best receiver prospect in years. He's a top three pick in the draft. Yeah, and and that's coming after the best ever receiver draft supposedly this last year. And they're saying he would have easily been the first receiver taken in this one. This is like Kelvin Johnson level, Julio Jones level guy. Can't miss guys going yeah. here. Um, he just opted out today. Um, we had Bateman already opt out. Um, yeah, it's just going to be crazy to see what happens with this college football schedule and if they can even pull this thing off. 
All right, so let's move on to the NFL now. Um, and if you guys really want some deep, 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 nerdy football talk, please tune into our newest podcast, the Purple Pride Podcast, where we break down the Vikings week by week. Um, last week, we talked about their uh, preseason scrimmage, and we talked about a defense of Kirk Cousins. All right, We had an awesome defense of why Kirk is one of the best quarterbacks in the entire NFL. He's much closer to one than he is to 16 even, I think, which is crazy to say. He is a top quarter, top eight quarterback in the NFL, and I have no doubts about that. So go back, listen to that episode. We will sell you on that. We will tell you how the stats historically show that he is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. All right. But the Vikings made some big headlines just this weekend with a massive trade where they traded the their second round pick in the upcoming draft and a conditional fifth round pick, which could be anywhere from five, fifth to third. Yep. Based on the performance of the team and, uh, and the guy and they him. traded for, and that's Yannick Ngakwe, the 25-year-old defensive end from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Pro bowler. Pro bowler joining the team. Um, Daniil Hunter is also 25, and Daniil Hunter, um, at this point of his career, is the youngest player to ever have 50 sacks. Ngakwe, at the same age, has 37 and a half sacks. So two 25-year-olds with about 90 sacks total is absolutely absurd monstrous now people all year will be stressed out about the fact that he's a free agent at the end of the year and the team could franchise him but they also might have to franchise cook or harris again sure um but it sounds to me that the team has talked to him enough to know that signing him is now an expectation and not just an option um they spent friday working on a deal with jacksonville they spent saturday working with ngakwe on what the future looks like for the team. He but I actually, think he was he was just so happy to get out of Jacksonville that he's like, even if it doesn't pan out, I'll take my chances in the free agent market. He took, a, he took a $6 million pay cut to join the Vikings. That tells you how bad Jacksonville is. That tells you how disgusting it is there. So he was yeah. going to make $19 million, I believe. He's now making $13 million, the same as Daniil Hunter. The Vikings are going to have to make some kind of roster move. Um, look for them to do something the with restructure. Riley yeah. Reef, maybe something with um, Anthony Barr, maybe Harrison something Smith. with Harrison Smith. Yeah. They're going to have to do something to restructure someone's contract to get that all under. Um, but it is exciting that they have two 25-year-old pass rushers that are – you know, legit superstar level top 15 pass rushers in the NFL now. And we were talking about this uh, prior to the pod. Um, his stats of like getting to the quarterback and sacking them like percentage wise based on um, passing downs and, and all of that stuff is actually higher than Daniil Hunter's. Yeah, I believe I believe um, Griffin last year was like 16 percent. Hunter was like 19 and Ngakwe was 21 percent, yeah, I believe. Just slightly better. So he's l- literally... Um, I'm not going to say he's as good as Hunter because he just isn't all around. But I'm just talking. I'm talking strictly pass rushing. But just getting to the quarterback, he's really he is good. one of the best in yeah. the entire league, and that's without working with co-defensive coordinator and defensive line coach Andre Patterson, who is one of the best in the business. Anyone would agree that Andre Patterson is is in the conversation for the best defensive line coach in the entire NFL. And and not only that, like. If you want to compare Jacksonville's scheme to the Vikings' scheme, I would say Zimmer's scheme is uh, significantly better, um, to say the least. Plus, Ngakwe will be playing around um, very good, very focused. He's got a lot of uh, like other you know defensive players. He's got a lot of uh, you know protection from really good linebacking. Um, it's just like, hey, 
go be this year's version of Dwight Freeney. Pin your ears back, go after the QB, do what you got to do. Like, if, you know, if he misses some tackles on some, uh, you know, kind of trickery on run plays, we can live with that as long as he's getting to the quarterback pretty effectively, which, and again, with his future being a little bit uncertain um, contract-wise, he's going to be very motivated to put out the best performance possible. And I can't think of a better fit than being with a guy like Mike Zimmer that's like, hey, you see that guy that's dropping back the pass? Go tackle him. And I think he's going to be an absolute monster for this team. I'm excited about it. And I think I've been talking myself into it all day. Um, when it first happened, I was like, ugh. Agdenabo was um, Warren Sharp's number one player um, for a guy to make a jump to be a superstar. That makes me worried about him. And then I was like, mm, Daniel Hunter's missed 11 straight practices. Maybe this injury is worse than we thought it was. And I was like going really negative with it. But you have to admit, if you're a Vikings fan, Rick Spielman and the Wilfs have constantly made the moves that are the most exciting to put the best team on the field. They have got so much draft capital. They don't even care at this point. I think we should be excited about this. Well, you can never have too much depth on the defensive front side. No, and they they know. And and like Rick has had, um, he's, I'm sorry, not Rick. I guess Rick was there as, as the guy too, but really spiel, uh, a Zimmer is who I'm trying to talk about here has had great pass rushers on both sides his entire career as the Vikings coach he had Robison and Everson Griffin for his first few years then he had Everson Griffin and Daniil Hunter and now he has Daniil Hunter and Yannick Ngakwe this is a, a important staple of the Zimmer defense that you're going to have a good pass rush you're going to have great safety play and if you're going to be young at cornerback in the Zimmer scheme where they're going to you know, trial by fire. They're going to make some mistakes with these young cornerbacks. But if you can cover that up with some sacks, if you can cover that up with a great pass rush and some great safeties and some great coverage linebackers, it makes the rest of it not seem so bad. And the other piece of it is that if you are like me and you're an absolute football nerd, I pay multiple subscriptions, a lot of money to PFF every year to read their nerdy ass articles. I listen to all their podcasts. I go through all their ratings. I love PFF. They do not care about running the ball and run defense. Not as important. They're just like, it's whatever. It's a passing league. It's a passing league. If you don't have, if you can't cover the pass, if you can't get to the guy, the quarterback, if you can't pass the ball, you aren't going anywhere. Well, let's just, let's take exhibit a, um, us versus the 49ers last year. What did they do to us? Everything. Bat- well, but like <laughs> battered us on the D-line. Yeah. And we had, what, seven first downs? Yeah. In an entire football game. Yep. Because they were pressuring Cousins. They stopped everything. They had, I mean, you know, they have monstrous interior and Cousins was pressured, tackles. I think, on 47% of his dropbacks for the game. Like every play, every other play, he was like getting hit. And we feel like we had a pretty good defensive front last season from a, a pass rushing, sacking, getting pressure on the QB. Now, if you can up that by like 10% by the addition of Ngakwe, then we're broaching on 49ers territory. And that's a good thing. It is. It is. So I, I think this is exciting. The more I think about it, the more excited I am. Um, I love the Vikings, you know, always being the exciting theme in the league. They're never afraid to make a trade. They're never worried about the future. They're like, damn, we're going to put the best product out for you guys every single year. The Wolfs have been incredible owners. Rick Spielman, totally deserving of that new contract. Mike Zimmer, totally uh, deserving of that new contract as well. Love the Vikings love this move. It's going to be a lot of fun. We went way too deep on the Vikings there for one trade. 
Yeah, but guys, I, but guys, I like it. Guys, I tune like in it. to the Purple Pride podcast. We're going to go that deep. We're going to nerd out. If you want to know about the Vikings, if you want to be all about the NFL this year, every week we'll give you that podcast as well. So check that out later this week. Cool. Okay, next up, the NBA um, made some big old uh, ruffles in people's feathers this week with going on a playoff strike. The players voted to strike, including... Uh, arguably the two best teams in the league, the the Lakers and the Clippers, voting to end the The season. season. LeBron, Kawhi, and company voted to end the season. The other 14 teams voted to continue on with the season. Um, But I think that's a powerful message as the Lakers and the Clippers, the two rivals from L.A., together got up and followed LeBron out of the meeting after they voted together to leave this. It shows you the pressure that's happening in our country on the, the the civilians, but also on the NBA players, also on the politicians, also on everybody about what's happening with the way that we treat um, black Americans, the way that we allow them to be policed, the way that we allow them to, um, you know, have, have racism dictate um, so many parts of their life on a daily basis. And to me, I felt uh, just as an NBA fan, as a sports fan, as a podcaster, as a human being, as an American, I felt proud of the NBA for the stance that they were taking. A thousand percent. Because it's just so many asshole people in this country are like, well, I'm not racist, so the whole country must be fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's not enough to not be racist. It's you actively have to fight against racism every single day. And what's the worst part about it is that black Americans have had to fight against racism every single day for probably their entire life. And for people like us who are white, we have to make it a priority in our lives to fight racism every single day, to battle the system that, you know, makes it so much more difficult on the people who were born and raised in this country who just look different than us. And I felt such pride as an American in 2020, a year that it's hard to feel pride as an American um, at what the NBA players did. So to piggyback on that, there was a a really popular tweet that went around from uh, Colby Covington that said, and this is the guy that we've we've called out on this podcast, right? No, no, no. Wow. This, this is no, it's negative. Oh, okay. He said, <laughs> and and I'll I'll bring it back. So he said, oh, so you're taking a day off from a kids game? Why don't you go do the hardest job in the world and be a cop? And so, so what I think the the racist people that love him because he's white and he like has has been known to be racist and then he got his ass handed to him. Um, is missing was that they weren't just boycotting to boycott. They got stuff out of this. They worked with Barack Obama in... How cool is that? Fucking awesome. Barack Obama working with Chris Lebr- Paul, LeBron, LeBron James. James. Like, unbelievable. Oh, it just is so cool. It's uplifting. It's giving me the chills. I'm not black. It's giving me the chills, right? I agree. I, I, I'm I, right with you, man. I don't feel what they probably feel, but I feel something similar. So they got the NBA... The NBA, one of the biggest and largest corporations in all of the world, billions and billions of dollars at stake to agree to the fact that they will turn NBA arenas into polling places. Right, Eric? All of them? They're going to turn them into polling places. They got the NBA to agree to establish like a... I don't, I, I'm going to forget the, the, the name, but it's like a minority uh, coalition advocacy group where they're going to 
the NBA is going to pool a bunch of money into this and they're going to do a lot of like outreach programs and, and uh, voter registrations and all kinds of things like this. Like um, they got the NBA to establish a bunch of different programs to help inner city students and inner city kids. And that was from taking one, one fucking playoff game off one. They mm-hmm. voted unanimously to take one fucking playoff game off. And the NBA said, because they're kind of at the forefront of all this, and Adam Silver's a super good commissioner. Love, love Adam Silver. Said, you know what, guys? You're fucking right. Mm-hmm. We've been doing it wrong this entire time. Um, let's come together. Let's get all this gone. But let's get the show back on the road, right? We're, we're going to do all of these things. And so the the Colby Covingtons of the world and the people that, that are like, oh, it's just a kid's game. They took one day off and got the NBA to do a complete 360 or a complete 180 on the way that they had been handling things. And now the Staples Center, um, United Center, um, wherever Atlanta plays, I don't know, the Smoothie King capital or whatever, uh, New Orleans, they're all going to be polling places. And I Polling think, I, places. I think that the entire, um, all the sports leagues should agree to this deal. And and I was going to segue into that, is that, is that hopefully this is a, the first domino of many. That, we that should make leagues. it so easy for people to vote, and if you disagree with that, then fuck you. Like, yes. For real. Like, everyone, if you believe in America and you believe in democracy, then you should be cheering for LeBron James, trying to get everybody to be able to vote. One man, one vote. Yep. Or, or one person, one vote. That's, Sorry. That's, that's what we should be fighting for here. So, I and, love and this. And that's, that's what they did. So, they didn't take a day off. As they, as all of these, like, I hate idiots Kobe say, Covington. And when Usman, the fucking African champ of UFC, broke his jaw, I've never been him. happier yeah. than in, in a UFC fight than that moment. But, but like to take that stance of like saying you just took a day off, they didn't. They did stuff that got done it's with so a cool. billion dollar industry from a handful of major superstars. They got what they wanted, and they still get to play. And when you think about it, like the owners of the NBA, um. Uh, although they are probably more progressive than most owners in sports, these are still predominantly white or all white um, billionaire one percenters. These are the richest of the rich people in the country. They're all white. I think my, Michael Jordan is the only he's like the only black minority owner with a large stake. Yeah, think, and really. so when you think about it, like this is the one percent. These are the whitest people. These are the people who benefit from these oppressive politics more than anyone. And for the fact of the matter that they were able to move the needle with those people in twenty four hours, in twenty four hours, even if it wasn't as much as we need, the fact that they're starting to move things is positive. So for all of you people who think that they should shut up and dribble, but you love to hear Ted Nugent talk about politics or Colby Covington or Colby Covington, yeah, go fuck yourself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> For they, real. They they got more done in 24 hours by taking one day off. And that wasn't even all the teams than a lot of leagues have done in 10 years. I mean, I know NFL is pretending like they, they care about this all of a sudden when they didn't, you know, a year and a half ago. Um, but at least it's starting the conversation where the leagues have to look at it from a, um, a PR standpoint. And how is For this sure. hurting us? For sure. and, and I think that, that LeBron James is the biggest star in all all of sports. He's the king of sports. And for him to come out and say, we're doing this. And then with his like crosstown rival, I mean, they play in the same arena, but like with his crosstown rival, they all agreed with president. Well, I think they agreed to, to boycott mm-hmm. or, or, or they, they boycott agreed the to game. end the season though. But then those two teams, but then I think Obama called them and yeah. said, Hey, 
you can actually use this to your advantage, which is fucking shrewd as hell, which is why he was an incredible president and was able to get such a big win for regular Americans. For sure. You you don't think like, this doesn't really affect me because they're boycotting a, an NBA game. Well, what if the Target Center opens up for polling or, or, uh, or voting places for... A hundred thousand people in Minneapolis. That's an unbelievable win. Do you think it's funny that the people who are like, "Oh, athletes should shut up and dribble. I don't want to hear athletes talk politics. I am not into that. They should just play sports. They don't want to ruin sports." Blah, 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 blah. And then those same people were like, "I want my president to be a reality TV star." <laughs> All right, we'll stop. We'll stop. I'm sorry, everyone. If you were offended, fuck you. Okay. Um, finally, we're going to... Mo- <laughs> Agreed. Fuck off. Yeah, turn turn off our podcast. We don't, we don't want... We're, any- we're good. We're good. Yeah. I'd rather have fewer listeners. Um, yeah. All right. Um, so other sports followed in their footsteps a bit. Baseball suspended some games. NHL did jack shit because NHL's bullshit. Um, NFL is what I'm really curious to see what they end up doing. NFL teams, they know that there's a lot of... Um, money to be made for the players and for the owners. Um, they know that the TV deal needs to continue on. I'm very curious to see what's going to happen. Most of the teams have made statements at this point in time. Most of the players have, but we haven't seen a lot from the teams yet. Do you think did, you see, did you see the Viking speech? Um, no. I sent it to you guys. Which one? Zimmer and Amir Abdullah. Oh, yeah. Yep. And, uh, unbelievable. Great. Like I love the fact that the Vikings and the Wilfs, there's no way the Wilfs wouldn't be behind this. Spielman said, um, Zimmer, give a little bit of a speech. We had a two-hour meeting. I'm proud of our guys. Yep. Now let's turn it over to the people that it affects the most. And we got to hear from Amir Abdullah, Kyle Rudolph from a community standpoint, because mm-hmm. he's like a captain of the team. Yep. Um, and then I think it was Anthony Harris that spoke at the end. But listening to a very um, poignant black perspective from Amir Abdullah, from Kyle Rudolph, who's a team leader, who is clearly on the side of all of the players and all of his friends, um, saying, we need to do something. We need to stop talking about the change, and we need to be the change. And so it was really heartwarming to see our local NFL team. And if that means that we're going to lose the fans that are like, I don't want you, again, the shut up and dribble crowd, or shut up and play football crowd by I thought those people were already Packer fans. Don't let make sure you wear your mask on the way out. Yeah, see like ya. that's my same thing. Yeah, like see fucking ya. we don't need you. Get out of here. Who cares? So here's my one thing though. I want you guys. So if you're still with us, right? If you didn't turn it off because you're not a douchebag, if you're still with us on this, all right, at the Nordies Podcast, and you feel the way that we feel, we want you guys to message the Minnesota Vikings. We did it this today. You know, we just did today. At them, do whatever you need At to. At the Vikings on any social media and say, we expect you guys to follow the lead of some of the other NFL teams, to follow the lead of the NBA and make U.S. Bank Stadium a polling place for us in this election. And that's not a political thing. You cannot t- say America. You cannot talk about winning wars and freedoms of being an American and not think that voting rights are important. So, Pressure of the Vikings, that's what we're doing. We at the Nordies Podcast believe that the Minnesota Vikings should open up that stadium so every person can vote on Election Day. Yep, agreed. All right, guys. But that turned really political, but I love it. Dude, it is, but, but it's 2020. 
Things are fucking wild. Everything's here. on its ear. Yeah, it is. All right, so here we go, guys. We're gonna hop into soccer, European soccer here to end this. This thing. will be a little bit lighter topic. It I will think. for sure. So European soccer here. We're gonna talk about a couple of things. Um, first up, the biggest piece of news. I mean, we love to think that that Liverpool and Arsenal and Chelsea are the biggest news, but in reality, Messi is like bigger than all of those teams by himself. Yeah, Messi is the second largest Instagram account in terms of soccer. I think Ronaldo is higher. I Um, I think that Messi and Ronaldo and Michael Jordan are the most famous athletes that are living in the world today. I think if if Kobe Bryant were still alive, I think he would be in that top five conversation with LeBron. Because Kobe was like wildly popular in China. Yeah. So like, anyway. and so I mean, they're the tip top of it, and uh, Messi, obviously coming off an eight to two defeat to Bayern Munich in the Champions League, <laughs> is now incredibly unhappy and wants to leave a mess of a situation at Barcelona. And all rumors and all signs point to him eventually joining Manchester City in the Premier League. Now. I know that people hate that because they don't like Manchester City, and that's how I feel as well. But as a fan of the Premier League, as a fan of soccer, I hope this goes through. I do. I really do. Messi in the Premier League would be the biggest news on earth. I know that Messi would make it so much less likely for my team, the Arsenal, to be successful in the season because he is still, at very worst, a top three player in the world, maybe the best player still. still elite, yeah. Um. It would be so fun to have him in the Premier League. It would be awesome. It would be so fun to play him. It would be so great to be able to watch him every weekend. And then imagine you beat him. Oh, you know, you beat, be so you beat City 3-2. to two I on love like- the idea of this. I really want him to end up there. I do. Um, now, a lot of teams are putting in for him. He had eight teams supposedly on his list, if you believe a reasonably credible source from Argentina, where his home nation. Um, I believe they named PSG. Um, they had Bayern Munich, they had Juventus, they had Inter Milan, they had um, both the Manchester teams, they had Arsenal, which is not going to happen, and I don't even know, one other team as well. And it seems to me at this point, it's probably down to PSG and City. And City. They're the only ones that can afford it. I think they're the only two teams that can afford him. Yeah. I think City is going to be his home. He has played with Pep before. He won the Champions League. He won the double with Pep as his coach at Barcelona. Um, I think that's where he's going to end up. And as much as it sucks, because it probably makes them the favorites to win the whole thing, having Messi in the Premier League before he retires seems like a must. I think it would be awesome. I, I, I'm in, in the same camp as you. I completely agree. It would change the league. It would make the Premier League, it's already worldwide. Yeah. It would exa- It would like amplify that 10 times over. Like every Messi match... Whether it was against, you know, West Ham or, or I mean, like every imagine every like Arsenal, I United, wait. Liverpool, Chelsea, Spurs, Everton, like everything would be amplified ten it times more. It would, and it sucks because you know we we are very passionate about our teams, but I think that Messi joining the league just makes it more credible, and it's just fun. Like I mean, you want to go and play Patrick Mahomes as the Vikings. You want to go play. Jackson and Wilson and the top players in the league because it is fun to have great players in the league. Well, it's like when the Wolves played uh, Golden State and we played them well every time. It was all of a sudden like, it was like, all right, we get, you see the flashes, like we can hang with those teams. And so, and, but then like just speaking selfishly, like on Saturday mornings, you got, uh, 
City versus Brighton, you're going to tune in. Oh, like even sure. as a, you're going to be like, I just want to see is Messi going to do Messi things. I agree. So uh, here's, you know, here's the thing. We love our teams, but we also love sport. We want the league to be great. We want there to be really competitive. We want to watch the best players. Play. I will say the downside would be if Messi joins City, City's got a real good shot at a Champions League trophy. Oh, City's the best team in the world. And then that, that ruins some really good Chelsea chants that they sing when we when we play them. Like, we're champions of Europe. You're, you'll never sing that. And I don't want them to win Champions League, which I think they, signing Messi be would be like. Uh, they I, were the they were the betting favorites this year. Even and then they, they ran choked. into the Bayern Munich buzzsaw. No, 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 no. They ran oh, into City the, was. City no, was, they yeah. ran into the Lyon buzzsaw. Whoops. <laughs> um, so I, I hope it happens. Um, but other than that, the other news was uh, Jim's team, the champions of the Premier League, Liverpool, played against the lowly. Arsenal Gunners. The 10th seeded? The eight, uh, we finished seventh. in 8th. Eighth. 8th, eighth, eighth. But we won the but FA you, Cup, so, so we got boosted to 7th. Theoretically 7th, seventh. Seventh, yeah. <laughs> um, so the Arsenal Gunners played Liverpool in a it's not me- semi-competitive so I would say preseason it, game. In normal years, it would be meaningless. But because we don't have any of the uh, like the preseason games where they're traveling to China and Australia yeah. and the U.S. and all that stuff for like essentially like warm up games this kind of meant a little bit cuz it's the only look you were going to get at another top club so it was it was a fun game the, to the watch the lineups seemed like uh basically your day one starting lineups other the, than injuries the best teams that the teams could currently put out were definitely on the yeah. field which was exciting um the game goes to penalty kicks arsenal wins 5 to 4 it's it's they're they're not the favorites to win any kind of title this year, but it was fun to have soccer back even after just a few weeks off. They're now two weeks out from uh, the start of the, the season. Start of the season already, which is absurd. And next week on the Nordies podcast, we'll make our season predictions. We'll have all kinds of predictions for you guys um, as we hop into the league season. I can't wait. This is the year that you hop on the Premier League bandwagon, guys. I, whether you stay home all the time or you don't because of COVID, this is the year that you start watching the Premier League. It's never going to be better. It won't. Like it's going. It's it's one of the best run leagues. Think about what they did with Project Restart. Loved it. Loved every. Well, second just of it. just the fact that like they figured out how to do it. They figured out how to test. They figured out how to how to keep the players safe. Even though there were uh, no fans in the stadiums, they were still able to to make the games entertaining and fun and. We didn't have to have the like, well, Liverpool won on an asterisk season and all that stuff. And and Arsenal got to play in an FA Cup final and ended up, you know, winning and getting themselves into Europa League when all hope had seemed lost. They were like at 13th in the table before uh, Emery was was sacked. And and Eric finally like has hope again uh, for the first time in a while. Things are a blast, guys. This Things is are, the like, fucking league. It's the league. Like, again, we've we've lamented this conversation if the nfl is one in terms of popularity and and the way that it's run the premier league is like one b and it's pretty close behind it, it is because so the, the, everything everything that they do and and the way that they run it is so spectacular especially the coverage on nbc sports 
is top notch. I mean, it's top notch and great it's, to watch. It's as good as any NFL coverage. So let's hop through real quickly with some of the rumors that are happening with our top teams. Okay. So first up, we'll start with Liverpool because they're the champs. They deserve that. Liverpool is, uh, they've been quiet almost every transfer window, which is really wild to they me. They haven't really needed much. Their team is loaded. The big rumor is that they're going to bring in Thiago. Yep. The um, midfielder, Brazilian midf- midfielder from Bayern Munich, who just won the Champions League, the best team in the world currently, and he was the man of the match in the in the final game of the season, the the Champions League final. He is uh, older; I think he's like twenty nine or thirty year old midfielder. He would be honestly a perfect signing for Liverpool. Yeah, unfortunately, so expect that to happen. Um, Real quick, will- did you did you have any? Were you upset at all watching Serge Gnabry? Uh, play really well throughout the Champions League. With Bayern Munich. Um, does that hurt? Does that hurt every time you see him? Kind of hurts considering how little money we got for him. Right. But it was cool to to see him play. He still likes Arsenal, which is always fun. It salt in the wound, but he always wears like Arsenal jerseys and all his social media and stuff. Hopefully one day he'll end up back there. But yeah, it was cool to see him when I was cheering for him, even though it was our mismanagement which made him end up there. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, Thiago to Liverpool is the big move to watch there. And that would be, like, devastating for us, hoping to get into, like, the top four, too, because they're just going to be that much better. Um, obviously, Messi to um, City, which we've already talked about. They already brought in Nathan Aki from uh, – he's a left-footed center back from Bournemouth, Bournemouth who yep. was relegated. They spent a bunch of money on him. They are 40 also, million? Yep, they're linked to – right, he was a Chelsea guy, too. Yep, former Chelsea guy. Um, linked to a move for Cola Bulli, the big-time center back from Napoli. I believe he's Senegalese, um, one of the best in the and world. he's kind of old, though. He's 29 years yeah. old, so he's kind of in the – From a center back perspective, the very, yeah. Prime of his career right now. This is probably the last year of him being short window. one of the the best in the world. But it would probably make them the the favorites to win the league and probably Champions League if they got him as well. Um, moving on to third place, who is that? United. United. Um, they're going to sign uh, um, Van de Beek. Van de Beek, the uh, attacking midfield player from Ajax. The from Dawson's Creek. Yes, lots <laughs> of, lot of Dawson's Creek stuff that we get posted yeah. for him. Um, I don't really know how he fits into this team i don't either it doesn't really seem to make sense um but. chelsea and united both seem to be saying who cares about defense we're literally just gonna have 10 amazing offensive players well they spent 80 mil on <laughs> harry Maguire. i don't think they have a lot of uh, room in the budget for additional defensive players so they are still linked to Jaden sancho the uh, elite they're um, not gonna, winger that's done from Bruce Dortmund. Who knows if that will even I happen that's at this over. point. Um, but Van de Beek will be the first big signing for them. Um, looks like they're going to really play some attacking football this year. Now, fourth place was Chelsea, right? Correct. Chelsea is making moves. We're on a spending spree. We're, we're, we're supermarket sweeping. Can, can you say why they are though? I'm not, this is not dirt being thrown, but just why, what happened with their sales, with their punishments? Why are they in this position? So we had the transfer ban. And so we didn't really have the opportunity to do any panic spending. And even though um, the January window was overturned for us, we didn't do anything with it. We didn't need to. I think Frank was comfortable with the, with the squad that he had, um, bringing in anybody new at that time. Plus, like, everything was a little weird um, at that time with, like, the outbreak sort of kind of starting. And I, I think... Nobody knew. Nobody knew exactly what was going on. Um, so, 
it was sort of a benefit for us because we didn't go out and stupidly overpay for Danny Drinkwater um, or David Zappacosta um, and guys like that. So we just kind of stood pat. Um, everyone's like, well, you bought Pulisic and Kovacic and all that stuff. But like that money was already gone. Like that was in a previous window. Whether or not they signed for us that, you know, in the in the season, that money had already been spent. Um, we sold Ed Nazard for... One of the highest fees of all time. Well, I think it was uh, eighty million up front. Up front, and then we got an additional thirty million because I think it was a hundred and thirty million total U.S. dollars. Correct. Which is less, obviously. Yeah, yeah. In pounds, but he was sold for about a hundred and thirty million when all was said and done in U.S. dollars, which is easier easiest for our listeners to, to yeah, understand. But because Real Madrid. Uh, did well enough in won the league. They won the league, so that was an additional like fifteen million um, euros. And then because they did decent enough in the Champions League, we got an additional whatever. So some of those escalators like really helped uh, boost uh, our chances. We're going to offload hopefully a couple other players, but um, because we had a lot of a like a stockpile of money, and and everyone jokes about like the war chest, right? Um, Chelsea yeah. really, really had that. We we went out and got Ben Chilwell. We got so he's a English left back, played for Leicester on their and, championship winning team. And the English part is, is important. important, yeah, because you have to have so many players. And and so he's he's uh, never going to be a, a sexy name that anyone will want to get a jersey of, but just a really solid defender. And Leicester evaluated them or evaluated him at like eighty million, and we got him for fifty. Yep. Um, we signed Thiago Silva on a free. So that's not the Tiago that we were talking about before from Bayern Munich. This is uh, um, Tiago Silva from PSG. An absolutely ancient but epic I would, center back like, from PSG. Can we call him like a little like Nelson Cruzy? Like he is like, a little Nelson Cruzy. Kind of kind of defying the numeric value of his age and still like he's not going to be the fastest guy. He's not, but like smart, calm, collected. One of the on one the of ball. the great center backs in the last probably 15 years. Played at PSG. He's a Brazilian center back. Um, he has been linked to Chelsea since 2008. I, since he started playing. He's it. been linked to Chelsea for a really long time. Um, he's going to be 36 this season, which is very old for a professional But we signed athlete. him to like a one-year deal with a with, with what you would call like in the U.S. like a club option for I a thought it was, I think it's a club and player option. Okay, so it's got to so be think, mutually agreed upon. I think that upon. they that either of them are able to trigger it. Okay. So if he was willing to go somewhere else, but Chelsea wanted him, he's back. If Chelsea didn't really Vice want him, versa, but yeah. he wants to be back, he's back. So if either of them wanted to be back, he'll be back for two years. He started in the Champions League final. And did fine. And did just fine. Yeah. So um, he is still a really good player. We'll see how he looks with the... English Premier League. But then you have uh, Timo Werner, the German striker coming in on big money, which is a really exciting signing. I don't think it was like his fee wasn't even that much. Yeah, his buyout clause like 50 million or something. I thought it was like 35. I think he was uh, 47 million. Yeah, you're right, you're and, right. and, it was a little bit higher than and, that. And uh, Ziyech, the other guy they brought in who was, uh, is he North African? Is he like. Um, I don't remember what his nationality um, is. But yeah, Ziyech, um from Ajax was like 32. Left-footed right winger. Yep, so, so some really exciting players come in there. And that's before the ultimate rumor of them bringing in Kai Havertz, who is probably the biggest German prospect in of the decade, maybe. I mean, I don't think I'm being too crazy no, saying that's that. No, not, that's not hyperbole. Yeah. Um, he's our German in international, just turned 21. Um, one of the most exciting players in the league. He's going to be sold for one 
He's he's going to be purchased, I'm sorry, from Bayer Leverkusen in Germany for 100 million euros. So like 115 million dollars. Huge signing. Um Chelsea fans should be really excited. I mean, it's going to be a whole different team. It is. There's no more Willian, no more Pedro. Um we still have holes. And if we sign a new goalkeeper in this window, there's no reason we can't compete for uh, top four and even pushing for top three. Yeah, for sure. Um, Leicester City um, have a lot of money in their pockets right now. They haven't really spent so much so far in this window. Um, coming in sixth place was Tottenham Hotspur, which they're buying a bunch of weird, not that exciting players. Matt Doherty, a left wing back from Wolves, and uh, Hoiberg. Yeah, Hoiberg. The, yeah. the central midfielder from Southampton. Um, okay. Okay, see Spurs. Uh, and then welcome uh, to seventh. Yeah. Um, a couple other ones. Um, Arsenal is, ha, has, uh, Brian William from Chelsea on a free, the 32 year old, um, who is one of the better players at Chelsea, but is definitely getting up there in age, uh, Brazilian wing midfield attacking he, he's player. kind of like a swiss army knife he can play kind of all over the place but they're bringing in gabriel from lille uh the center defender also brazilian and they are linked to thomas party and uh hassam awar i think the, the the party ship has uh has passed you think so you think that's still in play i don't know i don't know i feel like like that that had reached its fever pitch like three weeks ago and I think that that's done. And then uh, finally, um, the last one to talk about is Everton. Everton is, uh, they brought in a bunch <laughs> of midfielders. Allen, the Brazilian midfielder from Napoli. Um, Aaron Ramsey is rumored to be going there from, Your guy, Aaron from Ramsey. Juventus. I know, former Arsenal player, Aaron Ramsey. And then uh, it sounds like James Rodriguez, the and Colombian nobody, attacking midfielder from Real Madrid. And if nobody remembers him, like he was kind of a nobody. Well, not kind of a nobody. He was within soccer circles well known and then like in his world cup performance in 2014 was that it eric i think it was 2014 and he was the darling of the whole tournament he was dominating scoring absolutely stunning goals all over the place scoring at will he's handsome like he fits like the perfect profile of like you want to have a marquee player to put big posters up on the outside of the stadium um everton is kind of like middling and 10th place when they used to be like in sixth place a lot. So they're looking to make some better moves to like move up in the table a little bit. And it would be, and honestly, just from a premier league perspective, it would be fun to have Everton in the mix again. Like, I think it would like to have them in 13th place is bad for the league. It is to have them in the top seven is great. Like, I think that's a, that's a good like win for the premier league in general. For sure. And so I think people should be excited. This year is about to start. The season starts with Arsenal against Fulham on uh, you guys, yeah, you guys kick it off. Yeah, September twelfth. So everyone should get excited. The season's going to be absolutely wild. It's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait for the Premier League, and hopefully, this little teaser will get you excited for our predictions next week. And we'll get Eric like extra fired up next week about Arsenal's you know prospects for the next season because you haven't had an overly positive outlook for the last like. 
two to three seasons. <laughs> like even though you like tried to talk yourself into like the Unai Emery area era, yeah. it never really like panned out, and Didn't it not. was it was very exposed early on for sure. So we can't wait for that, guys. Go back check out our first podcast this week. Our screencast, lots to talk about. We talked about Lovecraft Country. We started our Harry Potter rewatch. All kinds of news for you guys in Nordic rates, as always. And then also check out our Purple Pride podcast later this week. It'll be the last one to come out this week where we talk Vikings each and every week. Until next week, thank you guys for listening to the Nordic Podcast.